Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? understand why there's such a hatred for the Jewish people. When you think about it, what it is, is it's satanic in origin. It's the spirit of Antichrist. There's a hatred because Satan, in his horrible thinking, somehow has fooled himself that he can still win. If he can destroy the covenant, if he can destroy the land of Israel, if he can make it uninhabitable or take it away from the Jewish people, if he can wipe out the Jewish people, he can make God a liar and ultimately win. Why does he think that? I don't know. Remember, he's a liar, so maybe he believes his own lies. But here's the thing, you know, I've, I've even heard stories of people, you know, if you have Jewish friends or family members or whatever, you know, it's amazing how many of them have the same stories where people will just despise them for no reason. Now, sometimes it's a personality conflict, that's fine. But sometimes it's just, why do these people despise me? Why do they come against me continually? And they don't realize they're being inspired satanically. Oh, it's a personality conflict, maybe, but it might be a spiritual conflict. You might resent them out of jealousy, out of envy, for whatever reason, but it's inspired by Satan because he hates the Jewish people. Because not only does he hate what they stand for, he hates whatever God loves. And God loves the Jewish people and he loves the nation Israel. Again, it's the center of his map. Jerusalem is the center of Israel and the Temple Mount is the center of Jerusalem. Remember we talked about this, those who who come against the Jewish people, it's like poking God in the apple of his eye. And I'm saying all this to tell you this. Satan hates the Jewish people, but make no mistake, Satan hates you too. He hates you and me. He hates the church. Do you understand? We are two sides of the same coin. Do you understand? That hatred for Israel and for the Jewish people is the same hatred they have for you and me. They despise the church. They despise what God is doing because God loves us, and he has a plan and a purpose for us. And you need to understand, the church is grafted into the promise. Do you understand this? It didn't start with the church. Messiah, Mashiach, Jesus, Yeshua, he is a fulfillment of the Hebrew prophecies, of those given to the Hebrews. He is fulfillment. We are living the dream of the Jewish people. We are grafted in. And they have been blinded in part for a season and for a reason. And that season and reason is the church and church history. Keep this in mind and remember what beloved Paul, our, you know, he's my, my favorite um, author, even though we know there's one author of the Bible, but he's my favorite. And Paul talked about this in Romans, and I often remind us of this because I think we need to hear this, especially today. God has not done with Israel. We have been grafted in. Paul starts Romans chapter 11 with this. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. He goes on to say to the Gentiles, don't boast against the branches. Understand your role. You've been grafted in. And then he goes in verse 11 and 12. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. 
But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? They have a beautiful future. We looked at this in Daniel chapter 9. He is going to bring the end of sin. He is going to replenish Jerusalem and Israel. He is going to set up his kingdom in this place. How dare any of us as believers boast against the branches? Go study that out on your own. And again, I'm sorry I get on some rabbit trails. This is heavy on my heart from the the horrible things I've seen and read from so-called Christians, even Christian leaders. And so, but know this, Antiochus, he hated the Jewish people. He used them as a scapegoat, just like we see in modern times. He used them, and look at the rest of verse 30 in our chapter today. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So this is the thing. He's going to go against Israel. He's going to take out his frustration. But what he's going to also do is raise up traitors among the Jews, which again is the same thing Hitler did. And it's the same thing that we know Antichrist will do. He will raise up many Jewish people. Remember, the Bible calls them in in Revelation chapter 3, the synagogue of Satan. So there will be traitorous Jews. There always are. They're traitorous Christians. It's not something to point out and say, oh, those wicked Jews. No, we're all wicked. Saved by grace, alone through faith. So just remember that. But here's the thing. There will be traitorous Jews in the Antichrist kingdom. There were traitorous Jews, and he rewarded them. And so look at this, verse 31. And forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress, and they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. There are two of these in Scripture. And I'll come back to that. But there are two of these. But this one is the prophecy of what Antiochus Epiphanes did. And he did some evil things. I think you know he came brutally against the Jewish people during that time period. And he killed 80,000 to 100 Jewish people, slaughtered them. He took another 40 some odd thousand hostage, took them captive. He sold another 40 some odd thousand into slavery. This is what he did. Not only that, he robbed all the temple treasure to fill his coffers and to give to all the traders and all the people who would support him. Today's estimate in dollars, it was $1 billion with a B worth of gold and treasure from the temple fortress. He robbed all of that, but he didn't stop there. He then placed an image of Zeus in the Holy of Holies, which we know that is just a spit in the eye of Israel and of God. He then sacrificed a pig on the altar in the temple defiled the entire temple, stopped the daily sacrifices, caused them to stop being able to practice. There's more, I won't go into it, but we know he did so many horrible things against the Jewish people. But we know this is not the ultimate fulfillment of the abomination of desolation. This was roughly almost 200 years before Jesus would tell us that there was still an abomination of desolation to come. And in Daniel chapter 9, we saw there is an abomination of desolation in the future. This is going to happen again. Again, Antiochus is just a foreshadow of the Antichrist. But remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 20. Again, this is almost 200 years after Antiochus did this. He said this, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him him understand. Verse 16, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, Recognize Judea, that's part of Israel, so we know who he's talking to. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of the house or out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, on Shabbat. 
You know, this attack that we saw recently was on a Shabbat. It was on the last day also of a Feast of Tabernacles. But here's the thing. Some try to argue that Jesus was talking about what would come in 70 AD, that he was just pointing forward 38 years after his crucifixion and resurrection to 70 AD when the temple would be destroyed and burnt down. But we know that's not true. See, a lot of the people who say that are part of this replacement theology crowd. So they just want to poo-poo it and say, here you go. Um, And they also, a lot of them are all millennialists or they don't really believe in a rapture or the same way that many of us do. But here's the thing. We know from the very next sentence out of Jesus' mouth that that can't be true. This is not speaking of 70 AD. What he is talking about, because look at this. Matthew 24, 21, and 22 says this. For then, Jesus says, there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake... Those days will be shortened. The elect, he's speaking of Israel. And we know those days are going to be shortened by 45 days. I'll go into that next week. (laughs) Study it out ahead of time. Those days will be shortened. And this is definitely speaking of the tribulation because it will be the worst time the world's ever known. This is not speaking about 70 AD. No disrespect to 70 AD. But 70 AD was horrible for the Israeli people. But not all flesh in the world would have been destroyed if it didn't get stopped. But we know during the tribulation, all flesh of the world would be destroyed. If Jesus doesn't intervene, do you understand the times that are coming? How is anyone still holding on to their, their uh, atheistic or their paganistic or whatever their beliefs and rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing full well because they don't believe? They don't believe this is coming. Yet we keep reading in Daniel all these prophecies that came true exact. God doesn't lie. God can't learn and he can't lie. He knows all things. And he predicts the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He knows all things. We know the word of God is true. These prophecies are going to happen. This is coming upon the planet. And it's not to make people fearful. It's to wake you up and recognize the days in which we live. Be awake, church. Be awake. Your king is coming. And regardless, you know, people can say, well, he won't be here for a long time. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. That's fine, if that's what you believe. I believe he can come in any moment, and I believe the signs are there that he's coming soon. But I also know this. No matter what, if the rapture doesn't happen soon, all of us are going to face Jesus Christ one day. Do you want to face him as friend or as enemy? You know, when I was a little kid, nine years old, I came to Christ. And I came to Christ through a hellfire and brimstone message because I knew I was a heathen. Some people need the fear of God put in them to receive the gospel. And some of you all, bless your hearts. It's like you hear the wonderful message of the gospel and you're like, oh, I'm loved. And I can just come to Jesus and he'll give me a new spirit and a new heart and I'll have eternity. And they they come willingly to Jesus, not me. As a nine-year-old heathen, I ran down that aisle because I knew I wanted to escape the fires of hell. Jesus spoke over 42 times of hell. He spoke more of hell than he did of heaven. It's a real place. But hell on this earth is coming, quite literally, Demons will be released. You don't, go study it out. The tribulation's no joke. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Well, I don't want to hear all this, and that's fine. There are plenty of churches you can go and you won't hear this. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.